continue doing it. And I just want to do it more. I mean, I feel good being here and being with you. I always do when I'm talking with you. So I think we just need to keep doing this more. And we love news for the Hello, everybody. This is Damien Brinkley. Welcome to the hearts and minds of Informant. This is News for the Soul. Hello, this is Satyan Raja, and you're listening to News for the Soul. Be open in your mind, your body, your being. Allow yourself to drench in this awesome information to evolve you to your next place. Hey, this is Dave Morehouse, and you're listening to News for the Soul. Next on News for the Soul, it's time for Breaking Through with Grace Gideon. Grace is a passionate and dedicated international life coach with a bachelor's in law, a master's in East-West psychology, and an expert in addictions. Grace combines these skills in her practice to clinically and intuitively diagnose and break through subconscious issues that prevent you from achieving success and fulfillment. She has a unique capacity to tune in to repress psychological and emotional blocks and to teach effective techniques to transform your life in a deep and long-lasting way. And now to help you make your next breakthrough, here's Grace. Hello. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. What's new? Excellent. Well, last uh, last show we had the wonderful Carolyn Flower talk to us about gratitude. But if you, I know that was awesome. But the show before that, we talked about barriers to intimacy. And towards the end of the show, you were asking me how do people break through these barriers. So today's show. I'm going to share some techniques with our listeners on how to break through barriers to intimacy. Beautiful. Well, let's uh, see if you introduce yourself and your work first and then go from there. Okay, great. Hi, everyone. I'm Grace Gideon, International Life Coach, and welcome back to Breaking Through with Grace on News for the Soul, Life-Changing Talk Radio. One of my uh, favorite topics that I've been talking recurrently about is creating conscious relationships. Uh, In particular today, I'd like to discuss the barriers to intimacy within a relationship and how we're going to break them down. So for those of you who listened to my previous shows, you might recall I gave four components of a conscious relationship. I don't have time to recap on those, but hopefully that'll induce you to go back and look up the Conscious Relationship um, podcast that we've got on the News for the Soul website and my website and look at the four components of Conscious Relationship. Also, in my show on Barriers to Intimacy, two shows back, I explored two qualities that I believe are required to create Conscious Relationship. And those qualities are, they lead into each other. The first quality is a deep vulnerability, which leads to a profound intimacy. So, a profound intimacy. Do you like the sound of that? Would that be a desirable destination for you to arrive at in your relationship life? Before you arrive at a destination so special as profound intimacy, Like with any growth journey, there's going to be obstacles to overcome. These are what I'm calling your barriers to intimacy. In the previous show, I listed three barriers to intimacy. If you don't address these barriers, intimacy will only be an aspiration, a dream, a hope, a longing, instead of a tangible part of your relationship experience. And no matter how glorious you are, how much personal work you've done on yourself or how much your friends tell you how amazing you are and and anybody would be lucky to have you, if you ignore to look at these barriers and get conscious about what ones are operating in your life and then take them down, it's going to be hard for somebody to love the real you. Why? Because they're not going to know the real you. So really, if you don't look closely at these barriers and see the limits they're creating in your relationship story, you won't be available for real connection. Let's say it'd be like, um, 
like having a party, say, and preparing all this delicious food and booking a super cool DJ, even sending out personalised invitations and uh, maybe even having Nicole do one of her glorious belly dances at your party. But having a 10-foot high, 10-foot wide steel gate at the front of your house that remains locked. Then wondering why no one's turned up. Well, how's anyone going to get in and experience this awesome party? You've spent ages of time and loads of money preparing for if they can't get past the gate. Worse still, you might not even be aware that the gate is locked. Everyone else is aware because they're on the other side of the gate. But you're sitting inside feeling bewildered, making up stories in your head that you're unwanted, unpopular, unloved because no one showed up for you, for your party, for you to show them a good time. When all along the real reason was that none of any of these things that you made up, but that you had no idea that you had a big lock gate at the entry, that no one had a chance of getting past unless they scaled the gate. <laughs> and I'm sure some people would want to scale the gate for you, but it's not that easy. Well, your barriers to intimacy are like that lock gate. They lock intimacy out of your life. They lock love out of your life. They leave you on the inside, frustrated, bewildered, lonely, maybe even hopeless or completely checked out because you don't understand what's wrong with you. Why such a great person like you who cares so much about others and does things for others and gives so much or is a high achiever in other areas of their life just can't manage to attract or experience the quality of intimacy that they desire in their life. I hope that helps you understand why it's important to prioritize knowing what these barriers are and becoming willing to take action to break them down. Profound intimacy is something that you desire. If it's a quiet dream that you harbor in your heart, you might not be running around promoting it like you might promote a social justice cause or some academic achievement or some achievement on behalf of others, but it might be just a quiet dream that you have in your heart. And if you don't want to give up on this quiet dream, then the best thing to do is really become willing now to focus on what I'm going to share with you and what other teachers like me have shared with you but today on what I'm going to share with you and become willing to take the action necessary. Um, you know that song, uh, I've Never Been To Me? It's got that line in it, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. It's by Charlene. And for, you, for Aussies, it was in that movie, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Such a great song. Well, let me tell you, that's how my life was before I started taking down my own barriers to intimacy. I was a hotshot mergers and acquisitions lawyer in a top four law firm in the Sydney CBD, corner office, harbour views. You know, Sydney's got a beautiful harbour, personal secretary. And I thought to myself, wow, you've made it, Gracie girl. Waterfront apartment on the partnership track, to wealth and status. But while my colleagues in that law firm and around me and other friends were getting engaged and married one by one as we were hitting our late 20s and early 30s, what was I doing? I was looking for the Tim Tams, a beautiful chocolate, Australian chocolate biscuit. I was looking for the cheese and crackers. I was looking for the cashew nuts. I was looking for food while they were looking for relationships. 
They were building intimacy and I was building barriers. It wasn't until my eating disorder got so out of control that I actually had to throw the towel in on my wealth and status goals at the time and start doing deep inner work in order to find intimacy with myself first, obviously, and then eventually become ready to have intimacy with a romantic partner. So what work did I do? Lots and lots. I read hundreds of self-help books. Every second weekend I was booking into another workshop, another retreat. I was, uh, you know, doing regular group therapy, one-on-one therapy, whatever there was in order to get to know myself, I was undertaking it. I was treating my eating disorder and learning how to become conscious so that my subconscious wasn't running the show. I was bringing more of the dark to the light. I was bringing the blind spots out. I was seeking feedback. I made personal development a goal. I remember my dad saying to me, it was so funny, my dad saying to me, you know, Grace, you've given up your job in this law firm and all I see you is just going to all these self-help things, you know, where's your career gone? And then I, he goes, you know, you're only doing part-time work as a lawyer now. What are you doing, 10 hours a week and, and the rest of the time is personal growth work? Luckily, you know, I was getting paid well enough for that 10 or 15 hours a week that I could do that. Not everyone is that fortunate. And then I said to Dad, Dad, you know what? My personal growth is my career. And this work that I'm doing, that's, you can look at that as my hobby or my way of supporting my real career. So I had to flip things around. I'm not saying you have to. But certainly for me, with the, with the level of um, anxiety and eating disorder I was experiencing at the time, I had no option but to prioritize it. And to tell you the truth, I know I'm going to sound like a real romantic and you've probably picked that up from previous shows. My dream since I was 10 years old was to really, really fall deeply in love. It was never to be a hot shot. It was never wealth and status. That was just something I did because, you know, I don't know, you know, it sounded like uh, a great thing to do if you were capable and to achieve. And it is a great thing to do, true love. You know, that's my deep dream my whole life. So that's why conscious relationships, not just any relationships, but true love, conscious, connected relationships that allow deep vulnerability and profound intimacy are a very dear subject to me. Uh, So I did all of that work and I learned how to become conscious, aware, self-reflective and start to become aware of what an authentic self looks like. Today I'm going to show you some of what I learned that I've broken down into like a teaching model uh, to help you with it, to summarize it rather than spend, you know, the next 20 years telling you about how I spent the last 20 years. So we have a little bit of a teaching model here for you. Let me remind you of the three barriers to intimacy that I discussed in the show titled Barriers to Intimacy. To make them easy to remember, I came up with an acronym, B-E-D, BED. After all, the topic is intimacy. B-E-D, what does that stand for? It stands for beliefs, emotions, and defenses. If you happen to have a pen and paper, write that down. Beliefs, emotions, defenses. Specifically, the types of beliefs are false, fixed beliefs. The type of emotions that are barriers are toxic emotions. In the last show, I focused specifically on the toxic emotion of toxic shame. And defenses are specifically defense mechanisms or behaviors that block intimacy. 
beliefs, emotions, defences. Yeah? The first one are beliefs, the second ones are emotions and the defences are behaviours. Put in another framework, thoughts, feelings, actions. Got it? Cool. Today, we're focusing on how to bring these specific barriers down. And I'll get to cover a couple of those because obviously I don't have time to cover everything. And as I said um, in the other show, that defences and defence mechanisms is going to have its own podcast So because it's a big topic, behaviour. So I'm not going to try and cram that into this show. Instead, I'll talk a little bit about uh, your false fixed beliefs and toxic emotions. And Nicole, I'd like to invite callers with who, once they identify as I'm talking with specific barriers, I'd like to invite you not to wait to the end of the show to call because I can build the content of the show into the process I have with you. So as soon as um, you call in, uh, Nicole, I'd invite you to put them through to me and I'll interrupt the content and then I'll get back to the content. The call-in number is 1-646-595-4274. If you press 1, you should hear a message that says you're now in the host queue. Hold on and you'll get put through to me. If you want to just send us an email rather than talk, you will not get the quality of process that you do if you have the courage to call, even if you use a false name, if you think all your friends are listening and you want to be embarrassed. As long as none of the content is fake, I can't work with fake content. Uh, But be nice to know your real name anyway. The email address is ontheair at tellus.net. Ontheair at tellus, T-E-L-U-S dot net. Okay. Let's get going with... What kinds of things can I actually ask you about? Does it have to be someone just specifically on relationship or in general? No, it has to be on this topic on their barriers to intimacy. Okay. Okay, thank you, Nicole, for clarifying that. Uh, If you have a question that's general, you're more than welcome to email me at grace at gracegedeon.com and I'll happily answer that question for you. There's a your question for Grace form on my website or just send an email, grace at gracegedeon.com and uh, I've had quite a few people email and I've, been able to point them in the right direction with the answer. But thank you. So, beliefs, false fixed beliefs. Why do I call them false fixed beliefs? Those of you who listened to the last show will know the answer to this question. What is the middle word in the word belief? What is that word? There's a word within it. Do you remember, Nicole? <laughs> Oh, sorry, I was just in the screen room with your first caller. I didn't hear what you were asking me. I asked, I asked you, do you remember the middle word in the word belief that we discussed in the last show on barriers to intimacy? Uh, it begins with an E, emotion. Oh, well done. That's the middle, that's the middle word in the, in the BED system. But the word that sits in the middle of the word belief is the word lie. B-E-L-I-E-F. Lie, and I just love that. You know, I was watching a play the other day, 1984. There was an adaptation of the book by George Orwell, 1984, and 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 in this play, it said um, there was a line: "Every word contains its opposite." And I'm going, "Come on, not every word contains its opposite within it." And then he gave an example of like, "Happy has unhappy," um, and I said, "Oh, okay, so unhappy has happy in it," but that's. But actually, the word belief actually has lie in it, L-I-E. So that's really interesting. And if you look at the word evil, spelt backwards, it spells live. So I find, you know, I love wordplay. It's one of my favorite things. 
But let's get back to lie. In the case of belief, which has the word lie smack bang in the middle of it, the moral of the story is examine your beliefs as they may have a lie right at their centre. So beliefs that are lies rule you in the same way that a trauma bond holds you hostage. If you don't shift them, they put you in a trance and dominate you. If you don't become conscious around what they are, they'll shape your identity. The more you run the belief, the more they run you and the bigger your barrier to love becomes. The broader that gate becomes, the higher that gate becomes. Yeah, you become, you know, you hear of people who call, you know, who are called fortresses. Yeah, so whether that, that, that could just be an energetic fort, by the way, but the barrier obviously is energetic when we're talking about barriers to intimacy and it's behavioral. So here, I'm going to give you three key false fixed beliefs that block your intimacy. So we're on the topic of beliefs and, and here are the false fixed beliefs or lies that usually are found within people who have barriers to intimacy. The lie of unworthiness or unlovability, so unworthiness, the lie of unsafety and the lie of unavailability. Okay? So the beliefs, the false fixed beliefs that are barriers to intimacy are lies. The three lies that create barriers are the lie of unworthy, unsafe and unavailability of love. I'll expand on those for you. The first lie, the lie that you are unworthy of love and therefore unlovable, goes something like this. No one would love me if they could see my faults. I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not as pretty as my sister or I'm not as rich as that guy over there. How could I provide? I'm not desirable. I don't know how to be sexy. I was brought up on the wrong side of the tracks. There's something about me. I don't have social skills. La, 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 la. All of these create a sense of unworthiness or unlovability, and they become a lie that gets repeated over and over again. And what happens is you build a barrier with that lie. And the more you build that barrier, the more you believe it, the more you need more barriers because now that you believe it so much, you've got to protect yourself from rejection. You've got to protect yourself from abandonment. You've got to protect yourself from humiliation. You've got to protect yourself from judgment. So these beliefs, feed on themselves and then they, they form a barrier and then you create further barriers to protect against what they create, which is humiliation, rejection, abandonment and judgment. Let's move to the second lie, that it's unsafe to love. Yeah? First is I'm unworthy. The second one is it's unsafe to love. Now, that lie goes something like this. Oh, I better stay away from intimate relationships, you know, like people are so controlling or I'm going to feel trapped or stuck or, God, I get suffocated if I stay there too long. I just can't commit. There's no freedom. There's no opportunity to travel and do things. I'm going to be engulfed. You know, I've done all this work on myself. I've only just found the real me. Why would I want to risk losing that by going and having to deal with someone else's demands and expectations. No, it's not safe, just completely not safe for me to have a relationship. You know, they don't work for me. They're too controlling. It's not safe. They hurt or they'll leave me and I'll get hurt, so it's not safe. Yeah, that, that you're not safe. Of course you're going to build a barrier to defend. The belief itself is a barrier, but you're going to build you're going to want that barrier because you don't want to be overwhelmed. You don't want to be in a prison. 
you don't want to be controlled. So if you're running a belief of unsafety or you're running a belief of unworthiness, yeah, why would you, why would you let a, why would anyone stand a chance, you know? You're not going to open that gate. Now, the third lie is the lie that love is unavailable. When we're talking in, not that you're unavailable, because that's part of the other two, but that love itself is unavailable. That, in abundance language, is the lie of lack. That one says, ah, God, there's no love out there, no real love out there for me. It's never fulfilled. Look at the divorce rates, you know, and look at, Look at my girlfriends. Look, look at my mates. You know, all my mates are henpecked. All my girlfriends are, are unhappy. Look at them. No one's happy in relationship. Why bother? I've got a good job. I've got friends. You know, I've got kids to raise or I don't need kids. I've got travel. I've got opportunity. Intimacy, true love has no focus on me. No, not going to bother. I'm just going to you know, be a solitary unit and get on with my life. So to avoid disappointment because of the lie of lack, you build a barrier, okay? So I want you to ask yourself, what lie are you believing? Mine was the lie that I was unworthy or unlovable because when I was young, because I had an eating disorder, I was overweight and I remember having a crush on a boy when I was, 11 years old and really wanting him to take me to the school dance and um, his name was Clark Gable for those of you who are my age you might remember Clark Gable from Gone with the Wind but his name was Clark Cable, and I really wanted him to take me to the year 6 dance and um, he took this other girl who shall remain nameless instead of me who was less attractive than me like facially, but had a nicer figure than me. And there and then I decided, you know, boys don't like chubby girls. And I just ran that story for a long, long time. And, you know, of course, there's evidence of that out there. But there's also evidence of women who found love regardless of their weight or appearance because they didn't run the story the same way I ran it. Uh, and so I just kept running that story, running that story and developing the eating disorder and running that story and building barriers, building barriers through my size, building barriers through my beliefs. That was my lie. What's your lie? Do you have a lie like mine? Um, Would you like to take a caller, Craig? Yeah, there you go. Let's see. What's your lie? Okay. Uh, 617. I believe we've got Anne from Boston on here, and you're on live with Grace. Good evening. Hi, Grace. Hi, Anne. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I was just the opposite. I was a cute little chick. Now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. Oh, I was absolutely adorable, and basically I'm not bad now, but I'm wondering all this weight gain that I have is an insulator from what? And also I'm a caretaker. Yeah, and I'm a caretaker. So there's not much opportunity because the person I take care of can't respond. So I don't know. Okay. I love a caretaking situation. Okay, got it. So are you in a relationship right now? I'm a caretaker. That's the relationship. Uh, Does that mean you have a partner that you caretake? Yes. Ah, so are you married? No, because of that. Hmm. So you live with a man and you have mm-hmm. kids with this man, but you're not married? No, there's no kids. I have my own, but it's been a long time, so, yeah. I just, ah. uh, I, think it's, I think it's comic. I think it's a, a duty from the past, and I think my heart led me here, so... But it's a okay. long haul. A long, okay, long well, haul. So, so just so that I get the facts right, you've got a relationship with a man but no kids and the person you're caretaking is him? Yes. Okay. So have you listened to my shows on conscious and unconscious relationships? Just today. This is the first. Okay. Okay. All right. 
So when you're in a caretaking relationship, you're not really receiving, yeah? So right. it's not mutual, yeah? So one of the no. components, one of the four components is mutuality. So you're actually lacking uh, um Mutual, you're lacking receiving the amount of love or the quality of love that you seem to be giving. Would that be true? Yes. Okay. So despite being physically cute and adorable and attractive, you've got a lie operating within you of, generally speaking, unworthy of love, but not because of your appearance but because you've been set up to believe that you're here karmically or because of your family of origin or because of your nature, you're here to give more than you receive. Yes. Yes. So that's a sad lie. Okay? That's a sad lie that somehow your life experience has kept perpetuating. You know how I said my eating disorder kept perpetuating my lie of unattractive, unworthy, unlovable? Yeah? Right. Well, your giving has perpetuated the lie that you're here just to give. If you're intuitive enough to know that this is a karmic relationship then you probably know that karmic relationships are designed to teach both parties yeah yes so yes so when you have and I'm not saying he's not a beautiful man but when you have a man who's drawing more energy than he's giving if you don't stop the behavior yeah of yes. giving what the universe does is it keeps them doing it and sometimes it intensifies their requests or intensifies your heartbreak or loneliness or pain around your um, self-abnegation because the universe wants you to learn the lesson to receive equally. Yes. Yeah. It's in the so, how. Yeah, it's, it's in the how. It's in the how. Terrific. That's exactly right. So it's in the how. So when I do the little exercise that's coming up for releasing, right, most of the, because I'm not working with you one-on-one, -on -one, I just have to give you exercises. But you know when you buy those self-help books and there's a chapter and then usually some of them have exercises at the end of the chapter or at the end of the book? Yes. Have you? Yeah? Got a, well, I got a library. <laughs> oh, my God, you got a library. Is it, is it called <laughs> self-development or shelf development? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. No, actually, I've read most of them. Okay. Yeah, I've read, I've read you, quite a few. Do you do the exercises? Yes. I, I'm a, I meditate at least twice a day, every day. That's good. And, but when there's and I an do mantras. Okay, good. That's good. Meditation and mantras. There's processing exercises. I'm going to give you a processing exercise um, okay. where you journal. You've got to do the actual exercise, right? Okay. And then you've got to be brave enough to send me the answer so I can give you feedback, right? Okay. Because transformation doesn't happen the level of thought only. We don't think our way into right action, we act our way into right thinking, yeah? Right. When, I used, when I read 700 self-help books, I didn't do all the exercises, you know? Mm -hmm. But I did do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work. So the how-to that I'm going to give you is going to, um, you're going to write down, when I say write down a full six belief, you're going to, even though you might not be aware of it, write down unworthy of receiving yeah okay. Um, okay and then you're going to try and tap into if you're good if you've done enough work to tap into past life stuff tap into the karmic feeling otherwise okay. tap into your family of origin 
all tap into your mother's or father's story. Who was the caretaker? Who did yep. who role model caretaking for you? When you write that out, you'll start seeing the story that was set up and then I'll show you how to do a physical release exercise, okay? So listen carefully to the how to section. That. Yeah, I've yeah? done that. I've, yeah, I've done okay. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here's the other thing. We we it's unfortunately spiritual work is like the gym. Yeah? So in 1923, I went to the gym and I pumped iron. Why in the year 2017 am I unfit? Because you have to constantly do it. Um, So with my clients, I'll do work with them. And then when I'll see them the week after, I'll say, has that shifted 1%, 5%, 10%? So we keep workshopping the same issue and the same belief until... It no longer runs you, yeah. And it's you like know losing what? one pound, two pounds, five yeah. pounds, and yeah. ten pounds, right? Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And guess okay. what? It's also like when you've lost the ten pounds, you don't get to go back and eat the chocolate. <laughs> because if you go back and eat the chocolate, the ten pounds plus some comes on. And if you learn how to re- receive, and suddenly your partner's giving to you and then you're so grateful you go back to over giving because you're so appreciative because he finally oh. did something for you you've, oh, you've, yeah. you've gone back yeah yeah because that's what we're oh, so yeah. grateful oh my god oh my god he yeah, paid I attention get, i know yeah, you get a little you tidbit back. so you yeah you get a little tidbit and you're like thank you thank you thank you and you overcompensate right there you go now you've said thank you then he goes oh that'll do She's right. She'll go back to being like, yeah. She'll she'll go back to giving. So if I can give on a ratio of five to one, I'll be fine. So the universe okay. keeps smashing you with the same thing until yeah. your no becomes so loud that equality is a must. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to receiving your email. Yeah. Sometimes you have to walk away, though, right? Yeah, but you know what? What I tell my clients is do 100%, then do another 50%, and when you've done 150%, and when you've got the all clear for me that you're floating on air, walk. Unless, of course, it's abusive, you know? And, yeah. you know, giving and receiving sounds a bit more like a lesson than abuse, but, you know, I'd have to know, um, you know, I mean, like PML says anything less than nurturing is abuse, but... If we walked away from everybody who wasn't giving equally with us, it'd be a lonely world. So we'd right. need more information to know when you leave. All right, darling. Lovely to hear from Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now we've covered those slides, guys, and you know my story. I'm going to share that three-step process I was just mentioning on how to break down the barriers. If you've got a pen, write this down. Recognize, release, and restore or restory. It's a lot like the one I talk about of name it, claim it, let it go, but it has a few twists, so I've given it just some different descriptors in this work um, because of the way I want it to work. Okay, so if you don't want to write this down because there's a lot to do, listen back to the show, and here's the process you've got to go through. Here's the how, guys. What are you supposed to recognize? You recognize a false fixed belief that you're running or more accurately, that's running you. We just discussed the belief of unworthy to receive. You know, I'm supposed to give more than I receive, for example, um, or unlovable, or it's unsafe out there, or love is unavailable. So you recognize one of those beliefs. Don't complicate it. Just pick a general heading, chunk up, go under how are you going to recognize it? You ask which one of these three lies is blocking intimacy in my life, unworthy, unsafe, or love is unavailable. Then you ask, where did that lie come from in my history? How would you answer that question? Usually you put yourself into a reflective state in a quiet place, grab a pen and paper, go within, ask your guides to help you, 
Ask your subconscious to let go of whatever it's willing to let go and ask the question, what is the youngest age I remember believing this about myself? Then you ask, what memory from that age may have set up this belief? Your mind should flash to a memory. That memory might feel like it's got nothing to do with that belief. Ignore it. No matter how tangential it is, start writing it out. Write, write, write until you get clarity about how that memory might link to that belief or that memory might lead you to another memory which links to that belief. If you get connected enough in your writing, you're going to find that you're organically going to move into the second step of the process which is release. How will you know you're starting to release? you'll start noticing yourself sighing or breathing out recurrently when you hit a point. You'll be writing, 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 and then you'll go, or you'll go, you know, it might be subtle. I made it loud because I'm on the air, but that's what's called an emotional detox. Or you might get angry or teary or distracted. These are all emotional detoxes. Notice your mood. Notice the feelings, notice your breathing, notice your sighing, notice intensity, notice distraction, notice feeling drained. These are all telling you that you're getting somewhere. Now, when you notice these, keep writing till you feel empty. Don't go, oh, I've had enough, I've got to go do something. Push. Keep writing till you're empty. They're signs that you're on the right track. Don't quit because it feels heavy. Just continue till you feel empty for the time being anyway. Just like I said, you might only empty out 1% in that bit of writing. But I'm not talking write for hours, guys. I'm talking about write for 5 minutes, 10 minutes. If it's a big one, write for 15 minutes. Don't do too much. You'll never do it again. 5 minutes, general issue. Make it simple. You know, I just put up a quote on my Facebook Complexity creates complexes. Keep it simple, yeah? The harder you make it, the less you're likely to do it. Keep it simple, but do it. Nike, just do it. Okay, so that's recognized with a little bit of release in it. I'm going to go into more forms of release in the second step of the process. Recognize, release, restore, okay, or restory. Release. Once you recognize that belief, you've done some writing, you've released some emotional stuff about it, there's a few other techniques you can use to release other than the breathing out, sighing and writing. One of them is called recycling. This is not mine. I learned this on the Hoffman process and I don't know whether it's theirs, but this is where I learned it and those who've done the Hoffman process may, may know it or they may know it from somewhere else. That's where you breathe you get the belief like the belief the word unworthy or unlovable or unsafe yeah then you picture that word each letter of that word you blow out of your mouth each letter into an imaginary balloon you then tie the balloon in your mind's eye toss it up in the air then shoot an arrow through it. When the arrow explodes the balloon, make sure you hit the balloon. Imagine letters falling out or love hearts falling out or confetti falling out that then spell the, the opposite word like lovable or worthy or receiving or amazing or safe or guided or divinely inspired or loved whichever word fits you or abundance um, whichever word fits for you to feel that you're capable of an intimate relationship don't, don't pick something that's not about relationship if you're doing a relationship exercise then have that word sprinkle down all over you see if that helps you release and integrate 
a new experience. But like I said, you can't just do it once and go, it doesn't work. You've got to keep doing it. You've got to do it every time it comes up because it took a long time to build these barriers. So, um, yeah, you've got to take a long time. Now, this is another one that I don't know where I learned because I did, oh, God, you know, I've been doing personal growth for 27 years, but I call it the negative statements flush, you know, the negative statements flush. That's where you get your dominant hand and you write out the, the, the negative belief or lie. You know, um, I'm in a karmic relationship where I owe it to this person to give to them. Might be a statement, right? Based on what we've just discussed. I'm in a karmic relationship and I owe it to this person to give to them. Then you get the pen and put it in your non-dominant hand then you write out, not the opposite, listen to me, not the opposite. You do not write an affirmation out. You do a negative statement flush. You get the pen, you put it in the non-dominant hand, you make sure the tip of the pen touches the paper so that you engage a different part of your brain and then that accesses the subconscious. When the tip is on the paper, You write whatever comes to you. The first thing that might come to you is, yeah, you're right. You may as well accept your lot. This is a karmic relationship. Karma can't defeat you. You you can't defeat karma, sorry. Then you go back and put the pen, dominant hand, and you write the next statement. Yeah, who was I to think that I could be bigger than karma? Swap hands, and then you write, well, you know what? I actually read that book by Deepak Chopra that says you can heal your karma. And then you go back and say, yeah, 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 I know. All those self-help books, they're so philosophical, but only 3% of people really get anything from them. Then you go back and put the pen in the hand. Well, why can't you be one of those 3%? And then you go back and say, oh, okay, maybe I can be the 3%. And then the pen goes back and says, but you don't have the time for that. So it's kind of like having a conversation where you're using the dominant hand and non-dominant hand. But every time I've done this exercise, if you hang in long enough, it eventually goes to neutral and sometimes it goes to positive. So this one might end up somewhere like, oh, well, I'll give it a go. Or it might end up somewhere like... um, I believe in you, you can make this work and you are worthy of receiving, yeah? So that helps you reframe yourself. Does that make sense? That helps you reframe yourself. So that's the negative um, statement flush. For people who've done inner child work, you can also dialogue with the wounded child. When you've gone back and you... Or for people who've done soul retrieval work, you can diagnose or Jungian work. You can diagnose with, you know, the part of yourself that broke off, the lost self, the wounded child. None of them, you know, really, really exist, but they all exist on an energetic level. Whatever language suits you, when you've gone back and found the memory, you can go back and say you found a memory at the age of five you can go back and dialogue with that child or that lost aspect of self and help create safety and security and comfort for that aspect of yourself. So the last one before I see if there's another caller is restoring or restory. You know, that means write another story. So that, you know, restoring is creating a new possibility for yourself. You know, I mean... It's not new, guys. Psychodrama does a everything. You know, basketballers do it when they visualise. You know, they picture themselves throwing baskets over baskets, arch over baskets. Sports people do it. They write a new possibility that has success in it. I had a client yesterday, and she said, "You know, this is you know, let's let's say her name was Jane. This is Jane, you know, now and." Now I've written Jane version 2.0, you 
you know, and she wrote this beautiful vision of Jane 2.0. Um, and you can't just write it, you have to act it. So restore, you use visualization, imagine what you truly want, see it in your mind's eye like sports people do, write it down, commit to it and write down the action you're going to take towards fulfilling it. For today, I will, um, because I'm a caretaker, I will ensure that I don't use the excuse of I'm generous or I'm kind um, to continue my pathology of caretaking. I will put equality first. Here are the actions I'm going to take to ensure that I do this consistently, repeatedly, um, not just for a week or two or three. I enter the spiritual gym. Every time you take action, you assess your results. Then you tweak your behavior. You persist until you arrive at your destination. Put your attention on your intention. Don't give up. Another thing that helps you restory is meditation, is a gratitude practice, and is prayer. They all help you to restory thanking the universe in advance for the profound intimacy it's designing in your life puts you in a frame of mind away from the lie of unworthy, unlovable, unsafe and puts you into a new mindset. And, you know, we all know the importance of mindset. Okay? So, Nicole, are there um, any questions from you or from anyone on this or do you want to have a little bit of a chat about that process we discussed what are your thoughts um so we've got an email question that i wanted to work in before um i'll just let you know in yep. three minutes it's time to yep. do our wrap-up so um sure. but we've got a question from alex in new york asking how do you know if you have one of these invisible barricades that you mentioned at the beginning of the show you look at the results you're getting in your life alex you know, you get look at the results you're getting in your life. Um, if you are longing, um, and you know, I said a bit earlier, Alex, that have you have a party, but you don't know the, the gate is locked. So um, the first thing that I would suggest you do is write down how your like, life looks right now, relationship life looks right now. Um, and if it's not about romantic relationship, it might be your relationship with your sister or your mother or your father if you want to adapt it to that. And then you write down how you want it to look. Then go back and look at those beliefs I mentioned, yeah? Um, lie of unworthy, lie of unsafe, lie of love's not out there, it's unavailable. And just say, ah, well, if I was to generalize and chunk up, which one of those might be creating this? And then you try and write out your best intuitive guess from your memory and ask for divine guidance. If you can't do it on your own, ask a really, really, really intuitive, caring, kind friend. Or better still, send it to me, grace at com. And I'll ask the questions that help you identify it. Then I'll tell you what homework you need to do. Or workshop it with your therapist or your life coach um, and things like that. Because, you know, what, Alex, when I was in my top four law firm, you know, I didn't know why I was eating. I didn't know that I was medicating, um, you know, feelings. I didn't know what feelings were. I was just, you know, this powerhouse takeovers lawyer with a larger-than-life personality and a larger-than-life body. And I had beautiful friends. And they just thought I was, you know, a happy fat person, really. I'd like to meet one of those other than Santa Claus. Okay, Nicole, any other questions? Uh, we are now... Four minutes to the top. So let's go into wrap okay. up and some shameless self-promotion. Let people know how they can work with you in the meantime. Okay, great. Thank you, Nicole. Well, look, as usual, I over-prepare and I've got a whole section here on um, emotions, toxic emotions. So I will do 
toxic emotions as a barrier to intimacy in the next show. So we'll do a continuation of BED and I'll do toxic emotions and how to release those and give more people an opportunity to call in. And it's okay if you've called in and asked today, you can call in next week because you might find that beliefs are not the thing that are running you. It's, it's a whole lot of toxic anger, pain, shame, loneliness, guilt, um, despair. Yeah, so we'll, we'll look at that a bit more next show and the show after that I think I'll have a amazing guest for you which will be a bit of a surprise you'll have to wait and look out for Facebook where when I announce that um, so for people who are wondering how they can progress this you're more than welcome to book a one-on-one -on -one session with me um, for, for people who have heard about me through News for the Soul, you get a 50% discount um, if you hear about me on other sites like in my blogs and things, that's only a 30% discount. So if you mention News for the Soul, you get a 50% discount on your first session and that the, my rates are on the website. And that's really just an opportunity for me to set you on track. You don't actually need to continue booking lots of sessions. You're more than welcome to if, 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 you, um, if you enjoy working with me. But even if you just book that one session and get you know, 55 minutes of guidance, uh, then that can set you on the path. And I'd like to encourage you to... Go back and listen to other podcasts on conscious relationships, get to know this material, get to know yourself, read the blogs. There's lots of free content from me, from other amazing teachers like my mentor, Marianne Williamson. Uh, just get in there, don't give up and, uh, yeah, in, enjoy the process. And if you can't enjoy it, then just just... You know, if, if it's treated like the gym, you know at the end that it'll give you results and that you deserve profound intimacy in your life. It's a quiet dream for most of us because, you know, love is just such a beautiful, energizing experience. Why, why just function in the world when if you do the work, you can have deep love in your life and profound intimacy? So... Shall I do the assignment now and then I'll say goodbye? Okay, my homework assignment, because this was such a practical show, it's listen to the recording of today's show and number one, identify the false fixed belief that's running you. Is it I'm unworthy, I'm unsafe, or love is unavailable? Keep it simple. Then do the three-step process I described. Recognize, release, and restore that door or restory that belief at the end measure if your belief barrier has come down a little bit a lot or not at all whatever result you get if you've bothered to do the exercise send me an email grace at gracegideon.com and if you go oh this doesn't work before you say this doesn't work send it to me and I'll show you and if it works awesome then guess what? Work it on other beliefs. Keep digging, keep finding beliefs, become more specific about your particular belief like we did unworthy of receiving is a more specific belief than general unworthy and just rinse and repeat. So that's all everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I'll be back in two weeks. Uh, I think that's Monday the 31st of July to help you make your next breakthrough and until then remember when you understand the workings of your psyche what drives you to think feel and act the way you do your breakthrough is imminent and your life can be amazing thank you nicole talk to you in a couple thanks grace awesome show today we'll talk soon grace gideon's all linked up thanks. at news for the soul.com we're back with more right after this 
Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight. Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wilde. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Next up, Dr. David Morehouse. I'm so glad that you called me because you are doing such an important task, important work, because you are spreading a very positive message. I was really moved by last week's show because we made a commitment to a worldwide event to try to change consciousness. I'm feeling enormous energy around this show. Just enormous, enormous. Uh, I, I really have to hand it to you, Nicole. You've created sort of a niche of amazing, amazing.